When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Whoopi Goldberg. You know her, you love her. Yes, that Whoopi Goldberg. EGOT winner. <laughs> According to this story, a trailblazer in entertainment. And, you know, I do enjoy some of her acting work. But apparently, Whoopi has written several children's stories, as well as a few nonfiction books. I don't know that I was aware of that. So, I mean, I was looking at the Whoopi Goldberg book collection. Uh, <laughs> two old broads. Is it just me or is it nuts? Uh, her book, Sugar Plum Ballerinas. Um, the Unqualified Hostess. I do it my way so you can too by Whoopi Goldberg. Well, now... Uh, and she's an EGOT winner, as I said. Amazing. Uh, she took home a Tony Award for Best Musical for Thoroughly Modern Millie. She won an Emmy for Beyond Terra, uh, The Extraordinary Life of Hattie McDaniel, and, of course, won an Emmy for The Coven, as Pat Gray calls it. I'm sorry, The View. And then she's also won a Grammy for her comedy album, Whoopi Goldberg, and she won an Oscar for Ghost. So she is an EGOT winner. Well, now she's also a comic book author. And when you think, what kind of comic book would Whoopi Goldberg write? Well, the book is titled, I'm sorry, the comic book is titled The Change. And it features a woman going through menopause. (laughs) That's going to be great. A superhero that can't sleep, that's sweaty, already for business, a little bipolar, <laughs> uh, night sweats. Maybe that's the title of, you know, the first episode, The Change, Night Sweats. But it will be something to kind of look forward to, but you're not going to be able to read it until the end of November of this year. It is not going to be available until November 28th. I know, I know, dry your eyes. Just put it on your calendar. November 28th, 2023, The Change. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. The Department of Justice has determined that Walmart must distribute $4 million to customers affected in a fraud scheme. Huh. There was a fraud scheme? I think I was involved in it, if they're going to be distributing $4 million. (laughs) So apparently it was a Walmart gift card scam. So the gift card scams began in 2015 when scammers instructed victims to purchase Walmart gift cards ranging from $500 to $1,000. Between 2016 and 2017, Walmart froze balances on gift cards suspected of being part of the fraudulent scheme. 
Subsequently, the Department of Justice sought this frozen money so it could reimburse customers. So they filed a, a lawsuit for the forfeiture of the $3,958,060.84 in gift card balances frozen by Walmart. This money is now available for compensation payments. All you have to do is be a person who purchased a Walmart gift card between April 1st, 2016 and July 31st, 2017. You may receive a referral payment based on the amount loaded onto your Walmart gift card that you purchased. Payments will be reduced if consumers already received payments from a bank or other source. It is worth mentioning that the compensation will not cover the collateral expenses related to the scheme. Yeah, if you were charged any extra money, sorry about it. So you, if you purchased the Walmart gift card between April 1st, 2016 and July 31st, 2017, as a result of a fraudulent scheme in which scammers directed victims to buy gift cards, they must, you've got to submit a claim for the funds. Oh, that's nice. And you've got to do this before June 29th of this year. And there's a form that you can fill out. And you must claim uh, on the documentation proving the purchase of the gift cards. And you have to show that uh, you actually purchased the card. I mean, with in, on the request form. And I love in this story, it says, individuals who do not qualify for compensation should not file a claim. Uh, thank you. What happens to the extra money that's not distributed? Does Walmart keep that? Does it go to the other gift card holders? What happens? Or does just whatever is left over, eh, that goes back to Walmart. So if you're not getting any Walmart money, maybe you think about, I don't know about moving to California, but maybe you go there because apparently we are going to be in the middle of Gold Rush 2.0. <laughs> yeah, the new Gold Rush is on. After the unusually wet winter, Californians are bracing not only for flooded fields and raging rapids, but also uh, experts are dubbing this the Gold Rush 2.0. It's one of those 100-year events, according to Mark Dayton, the Sacramento Valley metal detector expert. <laughs> I love Mark Dayton. Uh, with one atmospheric river after another this past winter, snowpack on the Golden State's mountain peaks piled up to unprecedented heights. But as the snow gushes down the hillsides, the fast and furious flow of shuttling other materials along with it. When it melts, it comes rushing down at crazy speeds. And uh, that's when you get gold the waterfall from about 5,000 to 3,500 feet at which point it begins uh, you know begins going down into the foothills and into the creeks and streams so they're ripping material right off the walls of the creeks and that is gold my friends them there is gold in them there hills <laughs> so if you're gonna be out there uh, you know prospecting uh, you should expect to find several different pockets of gold in relatively shallow waters as the snow felt as the snow melt washes uh, washes all the material into the waterway. The heavier pieces will stay up at higher altitudes, but most of the small stuff that we typically find year to year as gold prospectors is going to make its way not only down to where we typically look for it in the two to thirty five thousand foot range but also way down literally to sacramento valley so if you're looking to make some money 
uh, head out to California and be a part of the Gold Rush 2.0. That would be, uh, I don't know, not fun. I don't know if you've ever been prospecting for gold, but uh, what a pain. What a pain. Now, you know, you see the guys... Uh, I see the television show where the guy is digging for gold and he's got, you know, machines in there digging through. But what we're talking about here is getting your little sifter and going out there into the little waterways and sifting for gold like they were, like we've seen for years on television shows talking about the California gold rush. So if you want to do that, good luck. God bless. I feel like it's going to be kind of like going to the Diamond State Park in Arkansas where, you know, people show up with, I found a diamond and it's this big. And I've been out there and I have found nothing but dirt. Okay. And I know that uh, they claim that people find diamonds in them, their dirts, but I think not. Uh, I think that they're placed there. I think it's being seeded so that ever so often you get somebody to come up with, I found one, I found one. And it gets more people to come out and rent all the stuff and stay at the Diamond State Park in Arkansas and have your weekend there and be out there in the dirt and the heat with your kids looking for diamonds and sifting through dirt and good luck. So just as with looking for those golden nougats in California and the diamonds in Arkansas. Good luck. I mean, I guess there's treasure out there, but uh, I I feel like all the treasure has been found. Uh, You know, remember we had the story where they were looking for the Nazi gold from World War II and they found a map and it was supposed to be in this Dutch village. It was supposed to be 50 miles southeast of Amsterdam and they had the magnometer along with the row and they had the fruit trees and we saw the map of where it was and we were going to dig up the boxes of Nazi gold. And uh, you know what they dug up? A bullet. And uh, yeah, some scrap metal too. Oh, and a crumpled car wheel. Oh, and some muddy boots, but no gold. (laughs) So it must have been, I feel like I was part of that team. As the archaeologists were digging up and looking for the Nazi gold, and they came away with a bullet and some scrap metal and a crumpled car wheel and muddy boots. What happened to the gold? Well, it's, that's what you get. So... All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> So I was looking at the headlines surrounding the strike, the writer's strike, and uh, still ongoing. I don't know when the deal will be reached, but the headlines are how a WGA hit squad is shutting down Hollywood one shoot at a time. The writers are organized. They've been thousands of writers picketing outside the traditional Hollywood studios from Disney, NBC, Universal, Paramount, Sony, and Warner Brothers, as well as the tech startups, Netflix, and Amazon. But there's a more low-key operation in place as well. Yeah. 
They've got people out there targeting specific locations across L.A. that are being used for filming, and they are shutting them down. Oh, no. So studios are now going to suspend some first look and overall deals amid the writing strike. Uh, Amazon, HBO, Warner Brothers, uh, NBC Universal, Disney, CBS Studios, all the other major networks struck uh, studios were going to suspend first look and overall deals amid the strike. Now, the first look deal covers feature films and other intellectual properties. Uh, the content creator generally retains the copyright to the material that they created. Other studios can pick up refused material. If you get an overall deal, that uh, is for series, content, uh, television. Studio owns the rights to everything created within the contract terms. No other studio can pick up the refused material. But they're going to stop doing all of that. I know shows are already declaring, hey, uh, not going to happen. Uh, don't plan on season five of Stranger Things, the final season. Uh, we've got Yellowstone. What's going to happen with Yellowstone? I know it's the final season. A lot of the studios are standing tough. I mean, AMC Networks say uh, we're well positioned for the strike and we have no real concerns. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that Fox th thinks they're in a great position because they focus on sports news and unscripted shows so we shall see i just want the writers to get what they deserve and let's get these shows back up and running shall we i mean we ended we got the end of rabbit hole now uh just finished that on paramount plus uh i have succession is almost done i think what do we've got two or three episodes left in succession it's been pretty good uh it's actually kind of gotten better that's my review of uh, Succession so far this season. Uh, started off strong and fell by the wayside, but it's kind of gotten better. I mean, I really am enjoying Fatal Attraction on Paramount+, Plus, but these are shows that are already done. So now you're going to have me have to go watch Picard, the final season, which I got bored with in the other seasons. And, uh, I mean, we're not going to get new Yellowstone episodes from 1923 or 1883 or Bass Reeves or even just the final season of Yellowstone, let alone on Paramount Plus Criminal Minds. Uh, what is there? What is it? The uh, Criminal Minds Evolution, which I, you know, I enjoyed that season on Paramount Plus a lot. Uh, I hope that I uh, hope that some of these shows had a lot of scripts in the can. That would be nice. That would be nice. And be ready for shows like uh, Law and Order and up to date, you know, up to new shows that have new episodes of crime and stuff where we have, uh, we can still be involved with the writer's strike and someone is guilty of burning scripts in the can so that they don't have new shows to produce. Stuff like that will be all over these crime shows. I see where Mr. Twitter, uh, Elon Musk, is saying that he is going to start purging old accounts, freeing up desired usernames. Interesting. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter right now, at JeffyJFR. Hopefully, the old account that uh, isn't using any, anybody, hasn't tweeted in a while, at Jeffy, will be available. And uh, I will just take that account. Uh, it's purging its inactive accounts on its platform. And he's saying that it's going to free up a number of long-coveted usernames. Interesting. 
Uh, we'll see. I don't know how he's going to put those back into rotation. Is he going to sell them? Is he going to say, you know, hey, they, this is a name you can have for so much money? That wouldn't surprise me. But at least if uh, apparently if you have not logged on every 30 days, then uh, that let's see, let's see, Twitter's users should log in at least every 30 days to keep accounts from being permanently removed. Okay, so if you were purging accounts that have had no activity at all for several years, so you will probably see follower count drop. I guess I'm gonna, I've got a couple extra accounts that I have on the side. I may have to make sure I log in and tweet something from those accounts so they don't get purged. <laughs> So, hopefully, uh, at Jeffy will be available. I've wanted that for a while. That guy blocked me a long time ago. Uh, he does not like me. I, he wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't try to... I tried to work out some kind of deal with him. No. Uh, at Jeffy. So, I can't see what he's tweeting or anything from my main account because he has me blocked. Because I may have mentioned, I may have had some followers of at Jeffy JFR reach out to him to let me know I wanted just at Jeffy. That's all I wanted. A at J E F F Y. And he wouldn't talk to me and he was pissed that I had everybody messaging him. <laughs> so he blocked me and he'll block you if you reach out to him and say, Hey, why don't you give Jeffy your account? Because you don't tweet anything anyway, doofus out there in the Northwest hugging your trees give it to jeffy but he won't it's okay whatever so be ready for that uh if you lose some followers on twitter it's probably because some old accounts are still following you and uh those are going to be purged i see where uh speaking of social media guys i see where uh mr mark zuckerberg uh competed in his first jiu-jitsu tournament and won gold and silver medals oh good for mark he he posted on instagram that he won and good for him you can see him uh flex his muscles there as he wins his little jiu-jitsu uh tournament oh good for mark it's gorilla jiu-jitsu which is a training company based in san jose california and they offer uh beginner and advanced training to anyone from children as young as three uh to adults and, uh, you know, Mark, I guess, has a couple of kids. Uh, I didn't realize that he had a big family, but I guess he has, uh, apparently he was posing with some of the competitors. It's said in the story that he and his children, he lives in the Bay Area with his wife and three children. I didn't know Mark had three kids. Anyway, good for them. Just getting by on that meta paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, you know, everybody was looking at the coronation this past weekend. You had the uh, Kentucky Derby. You had Warren Buffett's gathering in Omaha for Berkshire Hathaway. And you had the race down in Miami, the F1 Miami race that went on. And so who's who, those were the places where all of the who's who were. In fact, I saw... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, who did the opening at the Kentucky Derby, was also down in Miami for the F1 race as well. I saw, you know, we saw uh, Tom Cruise was down at the F1 race, and he did a little bit for the coronation for the king. He didn't go, 
but he did do a little video thing for the king. But I see where there was pictures, and, and I think Elon was down there, and Brady was down there. So the who's who were around the country today, either at uh, in Omaha, and who doesn't want to be in Omaha this time of year, with Warren Buffett at the Berkshire Hathaway event, or the Kentucky Derby, or the Coronation, or the F1 race down in Miami. And Jeff Bezos was there with, uh, you know, with the girlfriend. I don't know that they're married. Uh, Sanchez, she's the one that helped break up the marriage, uh, being his helicopter pilot. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? And uh, so he's still with her. And Jeff's looking, uh, Jeff's looking good. He's working out. Uh, still looking good. And so is she. Now, Lauren apparently has had a little work done. And we've talked about this before. Now, she's had a little work done. It looks like uh, maybe, you know, I don't know that she's on her way to clown face, but she definitely keeps the face touched up along with the lips, with the lips. She likes those lips, the lip jobs. And she most definitely has had a boob job. Uh, those big old boys are sporting. Uh, and she was sporting them uh, outright uh, in Miami this weekend. <laughs> uh, she had those, she was uh, front and center with the Lauren Sanchez uh, breastages. Uh, and everyone was busy paying attention. And I did see some uh, some funny posts about the difference between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Uh, there was a picture of uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are both at the Miami GP today. And there's a picture of Elon with a race car driver and Jeff Bezos with Lauren. And the caption is, Bezos is so much better at divorce than Elon. <laughs> uh, the next one was, I'm really enjoying Bezos' midlife crisis way more. <laughs> you got to hand it to Bezos. He owns the super villain billionaire role way better than a Elon ever could. And Bezos divorced his wife to get fit and live his best life. So, and there was actually a, a funny post about them walking as well with uh, a, tweet, a tweet from The Otter. Uh, anyone reckon Jeff's partner might have had a small bit of work done? That's surely not her natural hair color. Think about it. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This has me confused just a tad. Uh, so I'm going to read it to you and see if we can figure it out together. So Tyson Foods posted a $97 million quarterly loss. That's Senate stock down. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, you post a quarterly loss it's going to send your stock price down so they posted a 97 million dollar quarterly loss the company said it's still facing higher prices for feed and livestock but can't pass the extra cost to consumers because of waning demand 
its average sale price dropped 10.3% for pork and 5.4% for beef last quarter. And so they took a loss. They have higher prices for feed and livestock. But because consumers don't want their product, they can't pass the higher prices along because consumers don't want their product. And the average sale price dropped for pork 10.3% and beef 5.4%. Huh. So there's waning demand for pork and beef. Is there? Is there? I mean, I guess maybe because the prices are already sky high and they can't raise the prices up any higher knowing that it will hurt demand even more. I guess that's where we're at, right? So the average sale price dropped, but it's still high. And okay, so maybe maybe that does make a little bit of sense. And we'll see. And I see where... Uh, Italy, or the Italian government, has scheduled a crisis talk that is going to take place this week because of the soaring cost of noodles. We can't have that in Italy. There cannot be a soaring cost of noodles in Italy. 17.5% the price has increased year over year as wheat prices apparently fell. So inflation is high in Italy and... uh, they're a little, they're a little worried. Uh, overall, consumer prices rose eight point one percent this past month. So the noodles went up seventeen point five percent year to year. I don't know how much higher they were uh, prior to that year, but uh, they are going to have a crisis talk uh, inside the Italian government because they could not have uh, the soaring cost of noodles take place in Italy. Well, good luck. And another company that's struggling is Bud Light. I don't know, Anheuser-Busch overall is probably fine, but Bud Light is definitely hurting. They claim, according to this, we're going to get more Bud Light commercials than usual. They're going to triple their marketing spending in the U.S. this summer, apparently to try to compensate uh, frontline workers who took a hit from a boycott sparked by the partnership and according to the story their brief partnership with transactor dylan mulvaney uh and anheuser-busch's ceo said uh, it's still too early to have a full view of the boycott's impact on sales yeah well that view is uh still holding strong and the problem is there uh michael uh ceo of anheuser-busch uh the problem is people don't want to have that talk Uh, And no one wants to have the Bud Light talk when they're out drinking or enjoying each other's company. So maybe you just stop making Bud Light and you turn it into a a couple other, you know, light beers from the Anheuser-Busch label. And you just get rid of Bud Light altogether or make it just go away. Because that's what's going to happen. Nobody wants to have the talk. I don't want to talk. If I drink, and I, I don't drink or rarely drink anymore. I used to all the time. But if I were to be a drinking man in today's world, uh, I, w- I don't even want to hear it from the cashier uh, when I go to the grocery store. Uh, maybe I go through the self-checkout 
uh, you know, and scan my Bud Light and just to be throw it in a bag and be left alone if I'm a Bud Light drinker. But I do not want to have that conversation. Oh, Bud Light, huh? I thought they were being boycotted. No, well, not by me. And I just don't want to have the talk. Or if you're out and about and you order Bud Light, I don't want to hear, are you for Dylan or against? Or are you for the tranny or not? Uh, yeah, I just don't want to have the conversation. And plus, what are their commercials going to be? They tried to overcompensate with the American commercial with, uh, uh, you know, the Clydesdale and we still love America. Okay. Uh, we know. We know. But people aren't that dumb. Uh, we got it. You were trying to make up. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of ad. I know what kind of ad you need to do. And that's just an ad that shows your beer and says you know just says the name of your beer and with nothing but uh you know the sunset uh the beach uh whatever uh just so that there's no controversy surrounding it and it's going to take some time before we're able to order bud light out and about and not have a conversation with somebody because nobody wants to have that conversation i know when are we going to talk about it when are we going to have the conversation but we've already had that conversation and I don't want to have it anymore. I just want to drink my beer. So just leave me alone and let me drink my beer. And if you can't leave me alone and let me drink my beer while I'm drinking a Bud Light, then I'm going to drink another beer because I want to be left alone. I don't necessarily want to boycott Bud Light, but I don't want to have the conversation. So just leave me alone. And I know the sales are way down, uh, have to be way down uh, by a huge amount. And I know that, you know, that's too early to have a full view. Well, you can have a pretty good view. <laughs> uh, you might not even have that full view there, uh, Anheuser-Busch CEO, but you can have a pretty good view. And I know you're trying to win back business. I get it. Uh, it's just, and I know that, you know, it was a, it was a partial campaign with Dylan and I didn't think it would be as big a deal as it is personally, but it turned into one, uh, people just didn't want to hear it. And that goes back to that conversation again. We just don't, we're done with it. Okay. I don't care if Dylan drinks Bud Light, but don't ram it down our faces. And because I drink Bud Light doesn't mean I hate her or hate trans people. But it does mean I don't want to have to have it rammed down my throat. Please. That's it. Just don't ram it down my throat. And we don't need big name people drinking Bud Light to make it seem like it's okay to drink Bud Light. What we need is for just Bud Light to be shown in the light of everyday life. So that it's just back to usual. Like I said... Uh, you know, you can show a can of Bud Light uh, being poured into a glass and there's uh, a, a kids, I don't even want kids, uh, somebody's playing football uh, on TV. So you're going to be advertising during the NFL. I'm sure they have an NFL partnership. I don't know. I just have to, I have to think about it a little bit for what kind of commercials will work and it will take a while, but it just needs to be Bud Light. And there's no, hi, I'm a macho man and I drink Bud Light. 
Hi, I am not a macho man, and I drink Bud Light. It doesn't need to be any of that. They don't need to be all together in the backyard. You don't need to have every race, color, and creed drinking Bud Light in the backyard barbecue. What you need is just to show your beer and your Bud Light can, and this is where we're at, and we're Bud Light. Here we are. Drink us. That's not the campaign as of yet but that's my campaign off the top of my head hey we're bud light drink us (laughs) probably not going to go over with that campaign So more than 1,500 lots, including original lyrics and Victorian paintings from Freddie Mercury's London home, will be sold in September by his former girlfriend, uh, Mary Austin. So he left her the house and uh, she's kept it for the last 20 years. And now I guess she needs the money uh, or she wants to share Freddie with the world. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, she's kept it, I mean, for three decades. I said tw- for 20 years. I mean, it's been 30 years, right? Wow, Freddie Mercury. Whew. Unbelievable. So anyway, uh, she has now decided to sell the collection. Now, nobody knows whether she's going to sell the house, too. Uh, but uh, she may. But uh, there's uh, so much stuff. Uh, I didn't realize that he was such a an art collector. Uh, he bought the Garden Lodge in 1980 and its contents. Um, and and I know that uh, Sotheby's in London said he used to show up there and buy stuff all the time. Uh, incredible. Uh, the Mercury Collection includes handwritten lyrics for Queen songs, original items worn on stage. Uh, really cool. The cloak worn in the final rendition of God Save the Queen during the last tour with Queen. Uh, and then there was there's artwork that he loved. Apparently he was a big Japanese art fan uh, with glassware and paintings. And there's a Picasso in there and his cat vest, you know, his... Uh, uh, it was the silk waistcoat. I'm sorry, not the vest. What am I saying? <laughs> it was his favorite waistcoat. <laughs> uh, just amazing. Uh, it would be, it's worth, uh, they're saying maybe uh, the whole thing is 6 million euros. Got to be more than that, right? The collection is not guaranteed, but they are saying, wow, yeah, low estimate is 6 million euros. Yeah, you think? In this story, he talks about uh, there's still piles of boxes to go through. I just opened a box of porcelain, but at the bottom was a beautiful Art Deco Cartier clock. So it's pretty incredible. So the highlights uh, from the sale to uh, New York, Los Angeles, Hong Kong in June before displaying the entire collection in London the uh, August 4th through September 5th. So six auctions, three live in London, three online will kick off with an evening auction on September 6th, which uh, apparently, according to uh, Sotheby's, uh, Freddie would have liked. Uh, an old school black tie evening event. 
It's the greatest hits album. Each department of Sotheby's is selecting things that they particularly loved. So, I, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to have uh, something that belonged to Freddie Mercury, especially some of the paintings that he has. Uh, they are beautiful. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I, I'm not that into the Japanese art as he was, but there's some pretty cool paintings and it would be kind of cool paintings and drawings to have, uh, that would be pretty cool. The glassware, uh, you know, okay. If it's uh, for a fair price, maybe, but, uh, I know he was in Japan a lot, toured there a bunch. He bought a lot of art, bought a lot of textiles. He built, they used to wear the kimonos on stage and so those are pretty cool right and uh, you know a lot of books and uh anyway it'd just be kind of cool to have something that belonged to freddie mercury from queen and it would also be worth some money kind of cool and so if you have an opportunity to take a look at what's going on auction uh, you know it may behoove you to purchase something from one of the lots at his Kensington home well, that was in his Kensington home garden lodge. And just, uh, I don't feel bad for Mary. Uh, she's probably had enough. <laughs> I kept it for all this time. And uh, you know what? I got to eat. And it's not, I'm sure, I'm sure if you were to talk to Mary, she would say, it's not about the money. Uh, I've kept it the same uh, for all these years. And I just want to share it with the public and I want to be done with it. <laughs> I'm tired of dusting this house, okay? So, get rid of it. <laughs> I want to go on a cruise. I don't know that that's actually true, but it's possible. All right, I'm going to give you the joke of the day and get out of here. I'm all stuffed up. I've got this mung inside my head. I don't know why it's there, but it won't leave. And I know I don't like to complain about this kind of stuff because you're suffering from your own problems. But it is driving me insane. I just have this mung inside of my skull, and it will not leave. And I believe that is the actual medical term, mung. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's making me all stuffed up and crazy. So here's a joke of the day. All right, for you, and then I'll get out of here. So a Winter Haven, Florida couple, uh, both 78, went to a therapist's office and said, hey, can we uh, have sexual intercourse here in front of you and you can tell us you know, what we're doing wrong? And uh, the doc said, uh, okay, sure, go ahead. And so they had sexual intercourse when they were done the doctor said sir there's nothing wrong with the way you have sexual intercourse uh it's good and they got up and paid the man 50 dollars, and off they went so then uh they came back uh, this happened for three four five six weeks uh once a week they showed up uh had sex and uh paid the man 50 and the therapist was like everything looks fine get out of here so after about six weeks uh, the doctor was like, uh, okay, I have to know, what are you trying to accomplish with this? Uh, what do you need to know? And the man said, I don't need to know anything. Um, she's married, and we can't go to her house. I'm married, we can't go to my house. Uh, Holiday Inn is $90. Uh, the Hilton is $140. I come here, I pay you $50, and Medicare gives me $40 back. Is Florida great or what? Be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter at JeffyJFR. 
Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. Uh, you can email the show, ChewingTheFatAtTheBlaze.com. You can follow the show on YouTube, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And you can always order a cameo from me, at uh, JeffyJFR. That's not free, uh, but cameo is my pimp. And they will just uh, send me an update saying, Hey, you have a customer, and then I do what you want. I'll be happy, I'll be sad, I'll be glad, I'll be mad, uh, I'll be mean, whatever you, whatever you prefer. Uh, that's what I do on Cameo. I'm going to go try and demung myself. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Good day. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.